everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester with Mike Tagliere, as always. And Tags, if I could, I'd eat Qdoba every single day, but I live like 20 miles from civilization, so I rarely get around to it. Anyway, I had it today, so you're screwed when it comes to Draft.com Wait, wait, what is Qdoba? I don't even know what that is. Are you are you serious? I'm dead serious. It's like a better version of Chipotle, like the best burrito in the world. Well, a, are you are you messing well, with me? Well, A, I don't know what that is, and B, Chipotle sucks. I know that's like a hot take. I know a lot of people like Chipotle, but I I I, I like generally. I try and find like these hole in the wall Mexican food places, and they have the best like steak tacos, burritos, or whatever. I don't like Chipotle. I I mean, I for whatever reason, I know you're gonna lose all our listeners. You better <laughs> stop that nonsense. <laughs> Joining us today to chat about DFS is Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe. That's his name. Uh, Jeff is always one of the most accurate experts. I'm excited to pick his brain today. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah. Always happy. That is, in fact, my name. And uh, I'm with tags on this one. We're, it's really rare in 2017. We're actually agreeing on almost everything. <laughs> but I think Chipotle is way overrated. I, I, any fa- fast food really for me is kind of not my vibe. I'd, I'd much rather go to an authentic Mexican restaurant uh-huh. and get a legit burrito than go to Chipotle. Hell yes. I'm, I like that. Like, I like the authentic burritos better, but don't I think Chipotle to, is better than virtually any fast food. backtrack. Right? I, and, and Qdoba is like 10 times You're Chipotle. backtracking on your take. Jeff, do you know what Qdoba <laughs> is? Do you know, do you know, do you know what that is? I think I've seen them before. I've never actually physically been in one. I have been in Chipotle's before. Yeah. No, I, I, I've never even heard of them. I've never seen one. Not that I know of. I know there's none around me. So, I mean, we could just move on from there because your food takes. It was bad to start the day, Bobby. This is not good. <laughs> I really think we should just eat it for Thanksgiving. Like, it's so much better than dry <laughs> turkey. Does anybody actually like turkey or do they just eat it because it's a Thanksgiving? If food? you do, if you do like the um, the deep fried turkey, it's really good. Like, have you ever had deep fried turkey? Mm-hmm. That's no. good. Like the dry turkey is kind of gross. Like the white turkey, the dry, it's not very good. You have to like put some mayonnaise or Miracle Whip or whatever you want to put on it. Uh, oh, no, I, it's not ideal. I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm definitely a ham. I'm a ham is better than turkey guy. How about some butter? No, no. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, guys, there isn't a ton of news this week. Uh, And there's really not much time for nonsense because we have a ton to cover. So let's just get right into it. We're going to talk cash games for FanDuel and and DraftKings. Tags and I are going to do our head-to-head draft.com contest. Then we'll all chat GPP and finish off by giving two or three of our favorite plays for the Thanksgiving slate. We're not going to completely cover it. It's a full slate. Like we would need two shows to do that. It's a short week as it is. So we'll just give a few of our favorite plays. So let's talk quarterback. Jeff, who stands out here as a cash game quarterback that you like this week? Yeah, it's pretty easy for me. It's Russell Wilson. Uh, The nice part about Russell Wilson is that Seattle can't run the football at all except for him. So that as with his legs, that was one of the the, the pieces that was missing last year when he was banged up. He's still running for his life. The offensive line can't protect him whatsoever, but it doesn't really matter. And they're surging at the right time. Uh, Doug Baldwin, even though that was almost a disaster of a Mm -hmm. game for fantasy purposes, he still gets in the end zone at the very end, uh, surging against that San Francisco defense. Uh, So for me, it's pretty easy. I'll spend up for him and and play him as my cash game quarterback. I like Russell Wilson, too. He's my number one, but barely over Matt Ryan. I'm considering Matt Ryan quite a bit as well at home against Tampa. uh, He's the 13th most expensive player on the slate at quarterback. And we're projecting him for the seventh best production. So uh, that's pretty quality value right there. But Russell Wilson, I mean, he's safe and he's got a huge ceiling. Yeah, I think some people are going to mention the fact that he struggled against San Francisco earlier in the year. He threw for just 198 yards, one touchdown and 39 pass attempts. So he did have the volume. Uh, But you know what? If going back, if you listen to the show, if you read any of my articles, I've talked about it. Russell Wilson, every year, for whatever reason, the first couple of games, he just comes out of the gate slow. He just, I mean, yeah. if you go and look through his production throughout his entire career, always week one, two, most of the time week three, he's just been bad. Uh, but we've seen him step it up. He's running the ball again. Uh, he obviously has scored a couple of rushing touchdowns, raises his floor. I do like it. My only concern with Ryan and Wilson is that they're division games and division games are typically closer than I think we would like, but I, I actually have them both down on my list as players that you should definitely consider for cash. But Jeff, I want to bounce something off of you. I know that you're a big DFS player. And uh, what do you think about going down? Like if you want to spend up, because I feel like running backs and wide receivers are really top heavy this week, where if you went down to like Matt Moore, or Mitch Trubisky and DraftKings, where it's like 4,400, 4,800, you're looking for 10 points, essentially 10 to 12 points for them to hit value. Both of them have, I, I mean... 
do we think the Patriots defense is real? Do we think that them, you know, stepping up and playing well against Brock Osweiler and Derek Carr, do we think that's legit? Or do we think that that's more happenstance of running into bad offenses at the right time? And then, you know, Trubisky playing against the the Eagles who allow a uh, an NFL high 39.5 pass attempts per game. They're stopping the run extremely well. Trubisky can run. He can raise the ceiling with his legs. So how do you feel about those two cheaper quarterbacks? Would you give them any consideration at all? I really actually wouldn't. You know, the the Patriots, you said, okay, the last two weeks, but but what about against Philip Rivers? And what about against Matt Ryan? I mean, they did a great yeah. job against both of those it's guys as six well. six weeks now. Yeah, they're, they're a different defense. And, and biggest difference between September and the rest of the season is they started shadowing again. They weren't shadowing with their corners yeah. in, in September. And now, and especially with, with Gilmore back, that gives them that guy who can body up against a stronger receiver. You have Malcolm Butler on the shiftier receiver. And and by the way, that means Jarvis Landry is going to basically be shadowed by Eric Rowe this week. So giddy up with that one. <laughs> but I don't know about I don't know about using Matt Moore per se. I think if I'm going to dumpster dive, uh, maybe I look at Paxton Lynch, believe it or not, because he's super cheap. It is a plus matchup for him as well. It, it's it's one of those plays that could just be crazy enough to work. And I, we don't know what we're going to get out of Paxton Lynch, though, so it's probably not something I'm going to have much exposure to. But there is some appeal uh, in that in that matchup, and he uh, he's basically almost min price. I don't think he is min price, but he's pretty close to min price. So that that's kind of where I'm at with that. And then the Eagles as well. This is a different defense with Ronald Darby back on the field. Mm-hmm. It's a defense that uh, has allowed two passing scores over the last three weeks. And you know they didn't. Well, they, it was Denver and San Francisco before that, but it was Dallas last week right. that they did a good job on. Obviously, well, Dallas is a completely different team without Tyron Smith out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I go after those guys per se. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is necessarily the week that I, that I make that move where I completely spend down. I can't knock it, but I don't know if it's the play that I'm going to make. Gotcha. I, I wouldn't use yeah. any of those guys in cash games, but if I did, I agree it would have to be Paxton Lynch. I think it was Barrett who posted on Twitter. Um, he posted the top quarterback seasons of all time and then compared the Oakland Raiders, what they what opponents have done against them this year. And it's like right up there with the top quarterbacks of all time. The Raiders have been horrible. Even Paxton Lynch is going to hit value. I just think you're going to get a better uh, outcome out of Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan. I'm a little worried about Russell Wilson and the weather, though. I, I don't typically look into weather that much, but the wind's blowing 15 to 20 miles per hour pretty consistently in San Francisco this weekend, and that worries me a little bit. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm torn. You know, obviously, we've talked about the higher-priced options. We talked about the lower-priced options, but Andy Dalton sitting there at 6000 is tempting. Uh, obviously, at home, it's weird over his career, and Andy, him and Andy Dalton have both played better on the road over their career, but Cleveland's a defense that, obviously, they've been stopping the run extremely well. Joe Mixon has zero room to operate. They have no run game. It's essentially kind of like the Seahawks. Andy Dalton is, a, is I would say, safer. He obviously played well against Cleveland uh, back earlier this season. Another divisional matchup. It's at home. I guess weather plays into a lot of these calls, right? Because like we talked about Alex Smith in the show last week and then, you know, it got to Sunday and, you know, I'm all over Twitter telling people like downgrade Alex Smith because of these crazy wins. These are all things that you need to pay attention to, especially when teams play in some of that colder weather. But do either of you guys have interest in playing um, Andy Dalton? No. No, not not in cash games, at least. I mean, there's only one other guy that I would consider playing cash games, and it's Jacoby Brissett because he just throws so many passes. He's got a he nice play with his legs as well. He might not play. He's not out of the concussion protocol yet. And it's been, they already had their bye week too, so it's not looking good yeah. for Brissett. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, but if he goes against Tennessee at his price, under $7,000, I'd consider playing him. And I mean, he's not on the same level as Ryan and Wilson, but he's the only other guy on my radar. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, it's tough for me. You know, it's one of those where you look at it and you're like, well, it's against Cleveland. And then you look a little bit closer and you're like, well, wait a minute, it's against Cleveland. And how do you do damage against Cleveland? You use your tight ends. Is Tyler Croft going to be healthy for this one? I mean, he caught two touchdowns in the last meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Green was basically completely shut down by Jason McCourty last time. Now he wasn't always in Jason McCourty's coverage. He, he scored his touchdown on Jabril Peppers in that matchup. It's tough, and then and what's worse is Cleveland or Cincinnati cannot create any space for Joe Mixon, so they can't establish a run game. So I don't know. I feel like the 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 floor there is maybe a little bit too low for cash games. I get it for for GPPs for tournament play. Then yeah, but I want at least a high enough floor to justify 
putting that guy in my lineups. Cause typically when I'm talking about a cash game lineup, I'm not playing 15 cash game lineups. I'm right. playing one or maybe yep. two. So if I was going to put, you know, put my trust in somebody, I don't know if it would be Dalton. And I'm not seeing the same weather reports as you. I'm seeing six mile an hour winds this weekend, 63 degrees, mostly cloudy oh, nice. in San Francisco. So that doesn't, that doesn't worry me too much. In fact, this week, I don't really see the weather impacting it like last week because we had a couple games last week that were obviously impacted by the Mm -hmm. weather in terms of the passing game. I saw it last night, so it must have changed quite a bit from then. That makes me really happy because I want to use Russell Wilson. I just was a little scared about it. Uh, Andy Dalton, I like him. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his schedule every single time he's played a defense that wasn't dominant. He's gone for multiple touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Buffalo's not a dominant defense, but uh, <laughs> he did put up 328 and a touchdown against them. Every other game besides that, multiple touchdowns. So um, the problem with Andy Dalton is he's throwing 26 passes per game over his last three. I, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I wanted to bring him up because I think it's a safer play. But I mean, at the same time, you might as well go up like a maybe $1,000 just to get some of the higher end quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. That's not bad. Cam Newton's got a solid floor. So, I mean, there's other quarterbacks in his range. I just wanted to bring him up. Um, Jeff, who are your favorite running backs in cash? Uh, any any high end ones, mid price <laughs> ones, or do you want to save up at running back? You hear me laugh yeah. because I'm going to tell you it's happening this week it is happening the narrative has gone entirely too far in the wrong direction Kareem Hunt is going bonkers this week for me cash game yes he's expensive I mean well I look at you know I probably play more at FanDuel than I do at DraftKings if I look at volumes so typically when I make my my calls it's more slanted towards FanDuel he is expensive on DraftKings there's no denying it so for him to reach value if he's going to triple up that salary he's got to get in the end zone he's got to catch a couple passes but the narrative that he's playing poorly is so grossly overstated and it's it's one of the very few things I don't like about fantasy football there there are a few things I don't like team defense scoring settings I think they are so stupid it's not even funny antiquated ridiculous so weighted to to the random touchdown mm-hmm. uh, that that it's you know it's I, I, we got to do something about that it's our responsibility but <laughs> the other thing is when people look at a box score and they say this guy stinks or this guy's great like Ricky Seals Jones all eight snaps of him is the greatest tight end to ever play football give him the gold jacket right now <laughs> and and they look at the box score and they say oh Kareem Hunt he's not playing well. Yes, he is, actually. He's a rookie, too, last I checked, and he's still averaging five yards a carry. Now, over the last couple of weeks, it's 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 not like he's going out there and putting up 2.2 per carry. I mean, he went 4.1 per carry last week and did a good job fighting for yards, had some penalties, you know, sort of some bad breaks along the offensive line. And the argument, oh, well, maybe he doesn't break those runs if it wasn't for the penalties. I looked at him and, and maybe there you could say that for one or two of those runs, but not all of them. Definitely not all of them. He's doing a lot of the work on his own. And then not to mention, I'm burying the lead here, Buffalo you know, we talk about how how bad the Raiders are are doing against the pass. This is the worst I think I've ever seen. I'm sorry, Bills fans. I'm really sorry. Yes. But this is the worst I've ever <laughs> seen because I know they're going to kill me on Twitter. Is any defense against the run? This is downright dreadful. Eleven rushing touchdowns over the last three weeks. That is insanity. Insanity. So. If it doesn't happen this week, I don't think it's ever going to happen. And if you're going to ca- if you're going to use high floor cash game, the nice thing about it is there's a bad enough taste out there in enough people's mouths that maybe you don't have that massive exposure to him in cash games that you might have seen. Say he scored a couple other a couple more touchdowns mm-hmm. over the last two months. If you guys want to knock him on Twitter, it's at Jeff Rath. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thanks. yeah, Bills no. Mafia is coming after me. Yeah, don't don't knock him for that one. The Bills team, like yeah. I've had Bills guys come after me too and, and we talked it through and one actually came back and apologized because because I said that it was a possibility that Taylor would be benched he's like no they're not dumb enough to do that and he started yelling at me and like and then all of a sudden it happened he's like I came back to apologize uh, <laughs> but my question to you though Jeff is like you know you talked about it on DraftKings Kareem Hunt is 8,000 a lot of people got burned last week playing him you know those wins happened everybody shifted to Kareem Hunt Leonard Fournette was questionable all that fun stuff but now we're looking at 8,000 we're looking at a fantastic matchup it really doesn't get any better than this but the question is 
Alvin Kamara sitting there at 7,900. You have Mark Ingram sitting there at 8,300. These are two guys sandwiched, you know, on, on top and bottom of Kareem Hunt. Would you play Kareem Hunt over Alvin Kamara this week at 7,900? Who's, by the way, he's playing a Rams defense that has allowed. So I consider an elite uh, running back performance to be 20 PPR points. If they can get to 20, that's an elite performance. The Rams have allowed six elite performances to running backs this year that's and no other team has allowed more than four so this is a great matchup for Alvin Kamara so which one would you choose if someone was trying to go back and forth on DraftKings between Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara yeah it is really close it is really close but the one difference that I have between Kamara and Hunt is Hunt is the clear number one Mm -hmm. and Alvin Kamara is the clear number two now he's he's getting a ton of touches as a number two he's not your ordinary number two but that fact alone, and anybody out there telling you that Sharkandrick West is taking snaps away or anything like that is, again, not looking at the box score and not or just looking at the box score, and not looking at the actual game. So for me, it's still going to be Hunt. Now, if it was if it was 7000 for Kamara, now all of a sudden, you know, we're in a different ballpark and then it's pretty, pretty easy decision to go Kamara. But uh, just be- because it is so close, I'm still going to lean Hunt uh, in cash games, though. You know, obviously, we have to have plenty of exposure to both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara in tournaments. For sure. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm saying the same thing that I said last week. Just play Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. You know the Saints are going to get their rushing yards. You know they're going to get their receptions. You know they're going to get their touchdowns. And whether it's Kamara or Ingram or both, if you have both, you're going to get exposure to all those points. So I'm all for it. I love Le'Veon Bell in cash games on FanDuel too. Obviously, you can't use him in uh, DraftKings because he plays the night game. But going up against Green Bay, I think he's going to be a hard, hard player to fade. Yeah, I think that uh, that Le'Veon Bell's the nuts this week. Uh, Frank Clark out for the Packers hurts them a lot. Uh, he's been playing phenomenal football. Uh, so I, I think Le'Veon Bell's the nut play at running back. But it, unfortunately, as you mentioned, on DraftKings, you can't play him on the main slate. Uh, another running back I wanted to talk about was Carlos Hyde. Um, not many people realize how many receptions this guy's been getting. I don't know if it hurts. I think it does hurt him if uh, if they do go to Jimmy Garoppolo. But Again, the 49ers really don't have a number one option or a number two option for that matter. They have Marquise Goodwin, who's 5'9". They have uh, Aldrick Robinson, who is 5'10". They just they don't. And Trent Taylor's hurt. So he's missing targets over the middle. Garrett Selleck. I mean, I'm not banking on him to produce again. So Carlos Hyde, by necessity, he's catching targets. He's only 5,500 on DraftKings. Jeff, what's your take on Hyde uh, in the Seattle game against the Seattle defense that, let's be honest, it's it's a shell of what it used to be. And Cam Chancellor, that hurts the run defense more than it does the pass. Yeah, it's really a shame there for the Seattle defense to have all these guys, Richard Sherman as well. I mean, it just the list just starts to add up there. I, you know, I've I've made this argument about a couple teams so far this year. Uh the 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 Jets kind of typify it with uh, my my tag phrase for Austin Safarian Jenkins is Somebody has to catch the ball. Well, in San Francisco, somebody has to do something. They're not going to have zero yards, zero carries, mm-hmm. zero catches. And that somebody is Carlos Hyde. He's clearly the best player on that team right now on the offensive side of the ball at the skill positions. And and you said it, you know, they're not going to they're not going to rely heavily on Marquise Goodwin because he's a downfield target. Uh, Aldrick Robinson kind of does what he can do out there. Kendrick Bourne, maybe in the slot with Trent Taylor banged up. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. Uh, Yeah, uh, 20 plus touches almost ink that in for Carlos Hyde. Even in bad matchups, he's shown that he can perform well. So with the price discount that you get, he is a very, very intriguing option for cash games. Yeah, Yeah, he's a DraftKings. I think you have to consider him with how many receptions he's getting. I just, you know, with all those extra options, oh, not the extra options, but the extra one option on FanDuel, I don't know how you could go Bell and not one of those Saints running backs or Kareem Hunt, as Jeff mentioned. I, there's just no room for Carlos Hyde without the flex. It's just, well, it's hard to spend up that much money. Like if you're paying up a quarterback, you can't pay up at both running back spots. It just, it gets to the point where you have to pick and choose your battles. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking to save some money at running back, I think Hyde's a, a quality one to go down. There's only three running backs in the NFL who have more targets than him. Uh, and that's Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, and Alvin Kamara, all guys who are priced as they should be, you know, whereas Carlos Hyde obviously is down a bit uh, just because he's on a worse team. But Again, Seattle is not that team. They're going to put points on the board. And uh, if we're scoring touchdowns as, as the 49ers, I mean, who's going to be scoring them? It's not just yards, as Jeff mentioned. I think it's touchdowns as well. Hyde has seven touchdowns on the year. So it's definitely more than likely to happen this week for Hyde. So I think him, if you're looking to save up, uh, and I think Deion Lewis uh, at 4,800 on DraftKings, he's someone that you should look to if you're looking to save money. I think Deion Lewis is a safe play. What about J.D. McKissick, man? 
I mean, he's got nine receptions over the last two weeks. He's playing 70% of the snaps for the Seahawks. Um, it's ugly, but he's so cheap. I don't think you need to go there in cash games, though. I, I mean, I just don't think the Seahawks are going to need to check down a whole lot in this game. Uh, the San Francisco secondary is just they're awful. They're just not good. Um, yeah, their run defense is awful, too. They're the, they're the worst against the run and they're the worst against PPR running backs. Yeah, it's, but I mean, Jeff, are you trusting any Seattle running back? If it's not named Russell Wilson, uh, no, because <laughs> yeah. he's basically a running back. Yeah, uh, no, I I can't trust it. And and then the other thing too is. If J.D. McKissick is in the middle of a good game, you know what's going to happen, right? He's going to get hurt because that's what's happening to every <laughs> single Seattle running back. If, if I was a running back on, on the Seahawks right now, I'd be like, you know what, Pete, I, I, think, I think I'm going to sit this one out. I don't, I don't want a career-ending injury. <laughs> they just might make yeah. you inactive anyways. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. not playing McKissick, so if you guys are listening at home, I'm not recommending him. He's like my number six option, but I think he's someone worth considering if you need to save a bunch of money. Yeah, it's I, I just think that there's better plays. I think that honestly at running back, I would just prefer to spend up a little bit. I think Hyde's maybe yeah. maybe Deion Lewis might be the lowest I'd go. Burkhead comes with too much risk. I know there's going to be a lot of people still playing Burkhead. Uh, he did get some snaps after he fumbled, but it, it it's you don't feel good putting him in your lineup anymore. Deion Lewis has done nothing to lose the job and he started getting some receiving work uh, last week now. It was mentioned earlier today that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski were missing from practice. They were not participating. So. I don't know if something's going on with Gronk. We've seen a few down performances from him. We've seen uh, Dwayne Allen. We've seen Martellus Bennett involved. So I wonder if there's something going on there that they're really not telling us. Um, so I think Deion Lewis is a, is a solid play. If you if you really want to save up, he's actually cheaper than McKissick. I bet they're sick, man. There's so much flu going around. And Belichick talks about how stressful it was traveling to Mexico City. Maybe he's just giving his veterans a day off. That's possible. Okay, guys, let's move on over to wide receiver. And Tags, you talked about wanting to spend up here. Is there one option that you just love? I'm playing Julio Jones, and I know that a lot of people are down on Julio, but um, guys, our expectations have kind of gone awry. Like everybody just expects the player to perform every single week. You know, Antonio Brown, when he uh, had that disappointing performance against the Colts, there were people that reached out to me saying they wanted wanted to trade him for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, you guys stop overreacting. Julio Jones is still a phenomenal receiver. He just hasn't scored touchdowns. We know that regression is a real thing. You keep getting as many targets as Julio Jones is. You're going to, you're going to score. He's seeing 8.6 targets per game. So it's not like he's seeing like minimal targets. He's seen double digit ones over in three of the last five games. This is a Bucks team that Oddly enough, Julio Jones scored in both of their matchups last year. And I, I'll remind you that he only scored in five games. Two of them came against the Bucks, And this Bucks secondary has been a lot worse than they have in, in I mean, years past. I mean, last year it looked yeah. like they were trending in the right direction, but they were missing Vernon Hargraves last week. Even if he comes back, it's it's not pretty. They they don't have an option. Brent Grimes is is like five foot nine, five ten uh, at his best day. Julio Jones lines up on the other side of the field the majority of the time. Anyways, they just don't have anybody to stop Julio Jones. And I'm betting on him uh, to go bonkers in this game. My bold prediction was that he goes off for 150 yards and two touchdowns this week. He's been one of the most consistent receivers in football. And I know he hasn't gotten the end zone, but in terms of yards, I mean, that's projectable like you can plan on that yeah. happening once again especially against a defense like Tampa who's bottom five against the pass Jeff what do you think is Julio worth spending up for I do think he is worth spending up for and you mentioned you know Hargraves we got to see what what his status is we have seen Ryan Smith get absolutely torched go back and watch the Minnesota game watch what Stefan Diggs did to him so that would be a very good thing because Robert McLean would then kick to the to the slot. They've been using Hargraves in the slot uh, over the second half of the season with McLean on the outside, which I don't mind that either because McLean, <laughs> it's almost an 80% catch rate in McLean's coverage right now. So giddy up. And and um, to give a shout out to uh, our, our all of our friend uh, Mike Clay, he, he tweeted this out, and I think this is just a very telling stat. Julio Jones has been targeted in the end zone 10 times and only caught one of them. And that's not a knock on Julio Jones saying he stinks. It's saying positive regression mm -hmm. is going to take hold eventually here. And you very likely, yeah, you could see it. It's one of the, it feels like the the big game is bubbling beneath the surface and yep. it's about to burst forth. And we know like Julio Jones, his ceiling is 300 freaking yards in a game. <laughs> like that's his ceiling. We know this. We've seen it. It's not speculation. So I, I don't mind paying up for him at all this week. And the nice thing is it's not like, you know, on DraftKings, you're not paying 9,000 plus for him or on FanDuel, you're not playing, paying 9,000 plus for him. He's, uh, I think, he, is he priced exactly the same on each or pretty He's close? 7,800 on FanDuel. 7,700 7, on DK. 
So there you yeah. go. Yeah. So you, I mean, you're not you're not overspending, and you can get potentially that elite, elite, elite ceiling. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on Julio Jones as well. Uh, I love Antonio Brown this week, but there's no way I'm spending $9,600 on him when there's so many other good options. I mean, AJ Green gets Cleveland. We already talked about Andy Dalton. AJ Green's his only receiver. He's 8,300 on FanDuel. So I like AJ Green as well. I'd prefer Julio Jones at the top though. Yeah, no, Jeff, Jeff mentioned it for me is that uh, he, you know, he talked about Eric Rowe being on Jarvis Landry. He's definitely a cash game play on DraftKings. I don't, I don't do much uh, FanDuel. So it's, I I leave that to Bobby to talk about the prices there. But uh, Jeff, I'm, I'm assuming that you like Landry this week. Is there anybody else that you're like really wanting to get in your lineup? For cash game, I really like the idea of Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, Robert mm. Woods, not likely to be out there uh, dealing with that shoulder injury. And this, you know, when you hear uh, at least a couple weeks mm-hmm. is what the absence is going to be. That I mean, we're at the point of the year where he could not be on the field the rest of the season. And, and we've yeah. seen Cooper Cup doesn't have a massive ceiling. There's no denying that. But we didn't ever, if you ever expected that, you don't know who Cooper Cup really is, right? He's a slot receiver. He was a slot receiver at the college level. And he's going to give you those slot receiver stat lines, six for 60, seven for 75 for 50. That's what they do. But we want him to get in the end zone. That's the difference maker. But when you look at it, at his price point, okay, 5,400 on FanDuel this week, 5,000 on DraftKings. I mean, Cooper Cup goes six for 60 and a score. I'll, I'm glad, I'm happy to start him at that price point. So I yeah. think, you know, for cash games, it's intriguing enough, and especially if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play, like you'll be able to pick mm-hmm. on that secondary. Not that he'd be covering Cup out of the slot anyway, but uh, you'll be able to pick on that secondary a little bit more. So he does stand out. I am wary of AJ Green in DFS in cash game lineups, though, because in week four, Ooh. Jason McCourty was on him 97% of snaps. That is a rare, almost complete shadow that never happens that much. Three targets for Green, two catches for 31 yards. Like I said, he did get in the end zone. That was on Jabril Peppers. That's not good. You know, for me, GPP, yeah. Tournament play, absolutely. I'm going after A.J. Green. But in a cash game, when I know the floor could potentially be that low, Hmm. I'm going to stay away from a guy like that in a cash game lineup. I'm so glad you brought that up, man. That's a great stat. Yeah, no, I mean, Jason McCourty, it's so odd how, how how he's played this year. He's like, he's been legitimately, they've asked him to be the number one cornerback. That wasn't supposed to be the the, the way it was going to be when the year started. Uh, so to see him kind of step up and be that player, he did shut down Marvin Jones the other week. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing it happen a lot. So I'm, I'm with Jeff on that. I'd rather go down to Julio Jones. But Cooper Cup's interesting because, it, I mean, on top of Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Kenny Vaccaro missed last week. He's been asked to cover the slot for the Saints, and we don't know if he's coming back. The Saints just yesterday, they signed two cornerbacks, um, Sterling Moore, who was their starting slot corner to begin the year, and someone else. Uh, but knowing that, it seems like Lattimore and Vaccaro might miss this game, so they may be down two starting cornerbacks. So the cup call is interesting. Would you, now my question, would you rather get, pay $100 less and maybe go at Corey Davis against the Colts? His matchup seems really, really good to me, Jeff. I was just going to bring that up, man. Yeah, it's all about I, – I like Cooper Cup this week, but it's all about Corey Davis. He's $100 more on FanDuel. I think he's more talented. I think he's going to get more targets. I think it's a better matchup. So, yeah, it's Corey Davis for me. I, I think Corey Ta- Corey Davis is is physically more gifted than Cooper Cup, but uh, pound for pound from a talent standpoint, there is no denying that Cooper Cup is an extremely skilled player. I mean, the dude yeah. caught more than 400 passes at the college level. Uh, that's, that's more than Zay Jones at 399, by the way. Uh, but regardless – um, do I want do I want to save a hundred dollars and play Corey Davis and really hope that this is the week that Corey Davis finally converts all those darn targets <laughs> that he's seeing into something? Says the guy in season long last week who started Corey Davis over Rashard Matthews. <laughs> but do I really want to do that this week, or do I want to just go with Cooper Cup, who I know has a higher floor? Right, Corey Davis, I yeah. love in tournaments this week. I do, and, and I'm glad you brought that name up because he's definitely somebody on my list. But for cash games, I have found myself, you know, each time I, I do a lineup, you know, and that's sort of my process. I'll start to start to work through these lineups earlier in the week. And I'm like, I almost start at Cooper Cup and then go from there in a lot of instances. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Can we can we bring up someone real quick? I just want to get your take on him. I'm, you're not playing him in cash, but uh, as a play this week, Sammy Watkins. Let's pres- let's pretend that Marshawn Lattimore is in fact out. We already know that Robert Woods isn't playing. What do you feel about Sammy Watkins? Uh, probably a better play on FanDuel than on DraftKings, just because 
you know, he's the type of player who can get you an entire week of fantasy production on three catches, which is fine and dandy, but that's not the way to win, to make money on DraftKings. You want, you need, you need volume in addition to productivity there. So I don't, I don't mind it. I've, I've been, I've been banging the drum for Sammy Watkins in season long, pretty much most of the year, even when people were down on him, because the schedule for the Rams down the stretch is such a favorable schedule. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I could use him even in tournaments. I don't think I would have much exposure to him on on DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, two other names I wanted to bring up before we move on to tight end: Devin Funchess against the Jets. Uh, Greg Olson's coming back, but um, you know what's his name? Uh, Russell Shepard is on the opposite side, so I think Funchess is going to get plenty of targets once again. I think he's reliable. And uh, Devontae Parker, he's super cheap. I don't understand why $6,400, even though every single game he's been getting a handful of yards, more than a, more than a handful. He's been getting 60 plus yards. He just isn't getting into the end zone. I think he's going to be fine against the Patriots this week. Uh, the knock on Parker is that the coaching staff is doubting him. It seems like they want Kenny Stills to start playing over him. They're saying that he doesn't have the same drive that he did. Obviously, Jeff mentioned that the Patriots have been going into shadow coverage a lot more often. It's not a great matchup for him. Uh, I think Stephon Gilmore could quite possibly shut him down. Uh, obviously you saw that start last week, 26 yards. I want to say that, uh, he had, uh, but then going back to who was the other player you mentioned? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Devin Funches. I don't like him very much either because he's going to be in shadow coverage as well. Morris Claiborne. I don't think that, you know, I mentioned Devin Funches at the beginning of the year. I liked him as a draft pick. I felt like it was a no, it was a no brainer with where he was being drafted, but I'm not going to pretend that Devin Funches is a number one receiver for an NFL team. I, I don't believe that. I still don't believe that. Uh, and I do think his targets go down with Olsen, but being shadowed by Claiborne, Claiborne is just as talented, actually more talented than Devin Funches. So I would avoid both those guys actually. Yeah, and Cowboys fans love to hear that. Cowboys fans love to hear that Morris Claiborne is playing well <laughs> right now. But he did it. He's he's been asked to shadow number ones, and he's done a really good job so far this season. Uh, and and that's not that's not a very tough matchup for him because Claiborne isn't the fastest corner. Only ran a four five. Only ran a four five. Says me <laughs> runs like a five five. But. Uh, Funch is obviously 4-7, so Claiborne could struggle a little bit more against the speedier receivers. He's, I don't think he struggles in this one. So the tar- And the target volume, too. What, what is Funchess in the pecking order? Is he third? Is he fourth? You know, because obviously Olsen steps in. He's going to see plenty of targets. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is seeing uh, Buku targets mm-hmm. out of the backfield. And then, you know, Shepard is actually getting targets. Uh, do we see a scenario where somehow Brenton Burson gets a few targets <laughs> this week? I just wanted to really say preseason all star Burson. Yeah. Yeah, preseason all-star flowing locks, the beautiful hair that he has. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, a few, you know, if you look through, I, I think we would be remiss to uh, not not just give a shout out to Doug Baldwin. Uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned him earlier, but in cash games against San Francisco, out of the slot against Kawan Williams. That's awesome. Like, giddy up. I really, really like that one. Uh, so nice high floor there. And then the the floor with Michael Thomas is relatively high, too. And that's another one like Julio Jones, where mm-hmm. it's sort of bubbling right beneath the surface. Could there be that boom game? Maybe. But is he going to get 10 targets? Probably, right? He, he continues to see heavy volume, even in this run-heavy era for the Saints. Thomas offers a nice high floor, so he'd be in the mix as well in cash games. Now, guys, over at tight end, uh, two of the best plays are on the Thanksgiving slate. So I think this is a Rob Gronkowski slate. Like, this is the week I'm paying up for someone. Uh, at the tight end position, you're paying up for Gronkowski. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I could see it. But my biggest concern, and this was mentioned, you know, Tags, you mentioned this earlier, you know, sort of what's going on here. You see Marty Bennett step in and then... Marty Bennett seeing targets immediately. And last week, three targets for Marty Bennett, three targets for Gronkowski. And the ceiling is absolutely enormous, but the floor is a little bit lower than maybe what we're used to. So if we wanted to attack an enormous ceiling guy, maybe we go after Travis Kelsey, right? Enormous ceiling. Maybe we go after Evan Ingram. Enormous ceiling and very favorable matchup. Washington has been pretty kind to opposing tight ends. So I don't know if I am going to spend up a tight end for Gronkowski. I don't think I would do it for Kelsey, by the way, in cash games this week either. I think there are a little bit better uh, better values down the board. 
you know, at, at some of these. Oh, and Evan Ingram, I, I keep getting my Thanksgiving yeah. name. That, that darn, <laughs> yeah, that darn night game <laughs> is throwing me off like crazy. Um, but uh, okay, so Zach Ertz would be the the other name that that we might toss into the mix because of his floor being so high. Uh, that it, and I realized last last week wasn't necessarily ideal, but for cash game purposes, again, I want to I want to balance out that floor. So if you look down the list, the floor of these guys drops off so dramatically uh, when you get into like the even the Delaney Walker territory, but even like you know go go further down the list, Jared Cook, Jack Doyle, guys like that, where we know they have ceilings, but the floor is just so risky mm-hmm. that. If I'm going to spend some decent money, it's probably going to be on Zach Ertz. And I am going to play Evan okay. Ingram in Thanksgiving slates if people are listening to this before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play I'm going to play Evan Ingram and Vernon Davis on Thanksgiving slates over at DraftKings just because you get the flex and everything. Those are two great plays. Um, two other guys I like at tight end, Tyler Croft. I don't know about for cash games, but against Cleveland and Jared Cook against Denver. Denver's been second worst in football against tight ends. And uh, Jared Cook has more receiving yards over the past four weeks than Zach Ertz and Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> yeah, Zach Ertz, his, his yardage totals have been down for a little bit here. Um, it's it's a little concerning with Ertz. Uh, the Bears have actually been really, really good against tight ends ever since uh, week one where they allowed uh, Austin Hooper to go for 128 yards and a touchdown, but 88 yards of that came on one play and the touchdown. So there's only uh, one other touchdown they've allowed to tight ends this year. So it's not a great matchup for Ertz. I, I actually, I'm okay with Gronk. I think that there's a week coming. I but I am concerned that there's actually something wrong with all the tight end involvement they've had in that offense. Um, Tra- yeah. Travis Kelsey, I think Jeff hit it on the head though, like paying up. He's just so safe. Like he's seeing so many targets. The offense went from a team that was taking shots down the field to one that's been ultra conservative. It's good to see that Kelsey has performed in both situations, right? Because the chiefs have to go back to the drawing board, knowing they're coming back home against a Buffalo team. That's allowed at least 27 points in four of their last five games. I think they're averaging almost 35 points per game in that span. So they're deep defense has just gone straight to hell. Um, but for me, I think you mentioned all the names that I would play this week. Uh, Gronk is in that conversation, but Jared Cook, Tyler Croft. I think Tyler Croft is the one I would play in cash. I mean, he's 3,900. I understand that his his floor comes, it's a little lower than you'd like, but when you look at everybody else in that range, I mean, you're talking about Austin Hooper. You're talking about Cameron Brait, who has seen just a couple targets with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, there's nobody down in that price range where I'd feel comfortable uh, unless Jeff tells me that there's someone that he likes. Who do you like a tight end? And if you're going down the list, if you want to save some cash at tight end, who would you play, Jeff? Oof. Yeah, this is not the week to do that. I don't think it's it's just a terrible, terrible season at tight end. You know, and Austin Hooper, I, I, I my nickname for him after that week, uh, that early season expo- explosion out of him was two target Austin, and we actually <laughs> saw two target Austin getting six or seven targets, and then this past week he was two target Austin again. Yep. So I don't want to trust him. Cameron Brait. It's just Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. is is the common denominator there for me, and the fact that they were trying to get OJ Howard more involved. Like you look down the list, I know some people are going to look at Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen, that was probably you know that's going to be his best game of the season. Yep. He didn't. He ran half the pass routes. Daniel Brown was running more pass routes, and that was without Deion Sims. So we'll see what ends up happening with him. I, there's just nobody down low who is that appealing this week maybe if you you know and this isn't a cash game play though like martell is bennett but that's not a cash game play that's a that's a tournament play uh maybe possibly charles clay because tyrod taylor is playing but that's he's still 4100 on on DraftKings, so it's not like you're saving that a ton of money i guess well compared to kelsey you are uh, so if anybody, maybe he'd be the guy who I would fire up just because Tyrod Taylor does seem to have a, a preference for him. Yeah, I'm a little worried that he's not 100%, but he's still going to get plenty of targets with Tyrod under center. Uh, I guess let's move on over to defense special teams. Is this another week at Arizona where you just plug in the Jags and, and move on? Yep. Play, play him, cash out. Like seriously, the, in cash, there, there shouldn't be another defense you consider. I don't think. I mean, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> It's it's the Blaine Gabbert revenge game, Jeff. Is there any other defense you're considering? I think there are some defenses that we can consider this week. Uh, The Bengals were decent enough last week, and then you look at the matchup that they get against uh, Cleveland. That has been a very favorable matchup Mm -hmm. over the course of the season. Uh, They're over the uh, last 
um, what is it? The last five games here, 3.6 sacks per game, three turnovers per mm-hmm. game. That's per game. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And Cincinnati doesn't necessarily have the most upside on the defensive side of the ball compared to you know some of the other units out there, but they're a little bit cheaper than the Jags. He only saves you 200 on uh, on DraftKings. I'd also potentially look to the Steelers yes. uh, to get after... Brett Hundley, you know, turnover prone, but that's obviously just a, a fan duel play. But they they have a lot of appeal for me this week as well at 4,800. I like the New England Patriots too against uh, Matt Moore. I mean, they're going to be up two touchdowns and Matt Moore is going to be passing. That's not a good recipe and the Pats are on fire. Yeah, the Pats have been good. Uh, I mean, other t- defenses to consider are, are out there for tournament plays. I think that you mentioned the Bengals are really good. The Panthers, I think, are a solid play. They've been playing a lot better defense as of late. Uh, James Bradbury has turned it around and looked like the cornerback that we saw last year. Uh, the Titans actually are are going to be in play if Jacoby Brissett is out. If they have to start Scott Tolzien, I am I am lighting the Titans defense on fire and I'm putting them in my lineup. Anytime you get Scott Tolzien, you have to play against him. I don't know if I'm ever playing the Titans in a cash game, man. I would. I would. Seriously, Scott Tolzien is so bad. I mean, Jeff, am I out of my mind here? Not at all. And, you know, the Titans have given up uh, 20 sacks over the last four games. Now, 10 of them are to the Jags. But still, (laughs) even if you average out over the last three weeks... That's still not too bad at all. So there is upside there in Tolzien. Yeah. By the way, uh, T.Y. Hilton is intriguing unless Tolzien is under yes. center. And that that becomes, uh, then you pivot away from T.Y. Hilton. For sure. Hey guys, we're going to talk GPP in just a second. But first, Tags and I are going to do our head-to-head draft.com contest. All right. So Tags, I got the first pick again. We're going head-to-head. And this is for the main slate. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and make my pick. And for me, I think it's an obvious choice with Le'Veon Bell at number one overall. So I feel like I have a big advantage and I kind of feel bad about it because, you know, I feel bad for you. I've been beating you so much on the season. You need a break. <laughs> you should feel bad. You should feel awful about this. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I would obviously went Le'Veon Bell as well, but I can't complain. Um, getting Antonio Brown here. It just seems like it's, it's pretty obvious to go with him. And, um, I'm going to pair him with Julio Jones. I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and say that, uh, uh, my favorite player, like he's he's legitimately my favorite player in the NFL, Julio Jones. That's rough for me, man. That is really difficult because those are the two clear cut top wide receivers. So yeah. I'm going to pick my two last um, since I know you're not going to pick anybody else. And I'm going to go get my quarterback right now. I think Tom Brady's the best play on the slate. So I'm going to go ahead and grab him as well. And then I'm going to get my second running back before you get any of them. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's super safe for cash games. But I'm trying to uh, to win this head to head thing. And I think Kareem Hunt is going to have a huge week. Yeah, I didn't really think that through. Like you thought strategy on this one, man. Like I went two receivers. So you knew that you didn't have to grab any and that you can go quarterback running back and like totally just wait. Like I feel horrible right now because you're you, you literally just played the crap out of me. And it feels well, I bad. I would have gone Julio Jones. Like if you would have let him drop, I would have taken him instead of Hunt. It feels bad, man. I'm just saying it feels horrible. (laughs) Um, All right. So I'm going to I'm going to snag Todd Gurley. You know, we talked about him Um, and you have let's see, you have two running backs. You also have your quarterback. So it doesn't even matter what order I go. Let's see. I will go with Russell Wilson. It just seems like he's the can't miss player, the high floor. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, for wide receiver, it's uh, it's a lot more challenging here now that you took the two guys off. I guess I got to go A.J. Green. I know you don't <laughs> especially love him this week, but um, I'm looking at my other options here and it's I don't want to go Michael Thomas against the Rams. So I'm going A.J. Green and Doug Baldwin. That's fair. Oh, so you took the wide receiver attached to my quarterback. That's a smart move on your part. I'm hoping that Tyler Lockett just goes off because of this. That uh, was not part of my strategy, but I'm going to claim it. I, yeah, that, that was totally my strategy. So I'm really torn here. It comes down to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, like the two players that I'm I'm choosing one of them, I think. Uh, like, I just don't know which one I want to go with. Like, that's that's the sad reality of it is I, I love Alvin Kamara. I love Alvin Kamara, the player. I think he's going to be a superstar. I think he already is a superstar. But Mark Ingram feels like the safer play. You know what? Uh, I'm going. You with don't su- need safety, man. You're going to be way behind. So you need a big game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know, just because you said that I'm going to go Mark Ingram, I'm going to take the safer play. Okay, um, yeah, we'll, the- we'll see what happens here. So now it's going to uh, draft.com is going to grade our drafts, give us their projection. 
And for once, Tags is projected to beat me. I don't know how it happened, um, but I'm just going to assume this is a fluke and I'm going to win anyway. And honestly, like Alvin Kamara was projected for two more points than Mark Ingram. So I could have been projected even more. But my team of Russell Wilson, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram, Antonio Brown and Julio Jones is going to spank you this week. It's That's happening. nice. I, I do think I like your team a little bit more because the wide receivers, your two wide receivers are significantly better than my two. So I've got Tom Brady. Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, I love all that, but then AJ yeah. Green and Doug Baldwin. So not especially excited. I think it's going to be close. And if you all want to do this against us, we do drafts every week. We send out invites to over 2,000 followers. All you have to do is go to draft.com slash pros, and you'll follow us too. That way you'll get notifications when we draft against you. You'll also get a free $3 entry into a contest they do. So draft.com slash pros if you want to compete against us. Okay, guys, well, let's hop into GPP now, and we'll just start a defense and go backward. So who are some of those GPP plays that you like? Who you got, Jeff? Uh, you know, it, I guess it depends on the site here, but uh, there are a few who stand out. Maybe we go with the Falcons in um, uh, over at uh, DraftKings because they are so cheap, and it is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it is at home, and, you know, they have a lot of upside on the defensive side of the ball. We've seen it, you know, Adrian Claiborne kind of playing out of his mind recently. So they'd be a defense that stands out to me there. And I guess they're reasonably cheap enough. I mean, they're 4,600 on FanDuel. So they'd be a team who uh, I think I'll have uh, plenty of exposure to. Nice. How about you, Bobby? You know, I feel weird saying this, but I kind of like the Cleveland Browns (laughs) against Andy Dalton. Um, Just because Cleveland, I mean, they're going to shut down the run. And so Andy Dalton's going to have to throw and, um, you know, it's just it's one of these weeks where there's not that many good GPP plays. And there's always one random team like Jeff talked about scoring in fantasy is so screwed up. It's all about the touchdowns. And if Cleveland gets a touchdown and they're less than one percent owned, I mean, you're you're sitting real pretty. I wouldn't play them. I mean, I the Browns defense is not very good at football. I don't there's yeah, they, can, they can get off to the quarterback a little bit. And Cincinnati doesn't block anybody. I mean, all it takes is one strip sack and a touchdown. But that's still not going to win you a tournament, though. I, I I feel like you need a higher ceiling. I I still I still think the Jaguars are a decent are a decent play in tournaments. I mean, I know they're going to be highly owned, and I don't even care if they're fifty percent owned. They're the, they're the best play on the board. The Bengals aren't far behind because they're at home. It's obviously obviously a good one. Deshaun Kaiser's regressed as he's been playing. Um, there's it's it's such a high end week, and like there there are some plays, and I think the Titans are going to be a little under owned from what they should be uh, in terms of if Scott Tolzien plays. Plays. Uh, but yeah, it could be like the Chargers defense last week where the Titans, you know, just kind of have that kind of day. So I don't I don't yeah. necessarily think you need to go down to twenty five hundred this week. OK, let's go on over to tight end. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same names that we mentioned for cash games that we'd consider. But is there anyone else on your radar here? Maybe uh, Cameron Bray. I mean, we've seen him have some big games and he's been losing a lot of targets, but um, I could see a scenario where he gets one or two touchdowns. Hmm. I am um I am so down on tight ends this week. Like there's we obviously we, when we started going through the cash lineups, tight ends are kind of similar and one and the same. It's it's very rare you could find a tight end that you feel so comfortable playing in cash unless you know it's Garrett Selleck uh, against the New York Giants and the Giants aren't in the main slate, yeah. so we don't have a tight end like that this week. Um, Kobe Fleener is going off for 91 yards and five catches after playing like you know a dozen snaps the last five weeks. It's just the tight end position has been so bad. Um, I think a lot of the guys that we talked about are similar in terms of cash and uh, in, in terms of tournament, but it's so ugly. Jeff, is there is there anybody that you feel good about? Not in tournaments this week, no. I mean, I think you just take that, that, that approach where – you look at the cash game guys and try and figure out your your best uh, your best guess at uh, projected ownership and try and be on one side or the other of that. You know, if if you're projecting ownership of a player at uh, 15 to 18 percent, but you really think that's a stronger player at the tight end position this week, then maybe you have more like 25 or 30 percent of him. Uh, and likewise, on the other side of that, if you don't believe in it that much, that's that's typically the way that I'll try and differentiate and try instead of trying to pull a diamond out of the rough. Uh, I just, you know, I've done that way yeah. too many times before mm-hmm. and it almost never works out like we're, we're not as smart as we think we are <laughs> and when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'd rather just play around with exposure than try and uh, than try and like deep dive on a player. I think that's a really good way to put it at wide receiver. There's one GPP play that I like quite a bit. It's Chris Hogan. Like, we don't know what to expect out of Chris Hogan, and his ownership is going to be low. It's probably going to be a bad game, 
But there's definitely a scenario here where he goes for 150 and a touchdown like we've seen before. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he plays, I don't know. Has, I don't know if he's been uh, if he's going to play, but he's definitely someone that's always in consideration for tournaments. I mean, you can make the case for any Patriots wide receiver uh, in that territory. I mean, Danny Amendola finished top 10 last week. Uh, it's against the Miami defense. That's been pitiful. They've been the worst defense in football as of late. One name that I'm curious to hear Jeff's take, because obviously, you know, I'm from Chicago and he's a he's an Eagles fan. So he knows these team. We both know this player extremely well. Alshon Jeffrey has been playing fantastic football recently. And I I was someone who was really hard on him here in Chicago. And I felt like, you know, even at the start of his Eagles career, he wasn't doing playing so well. But over the last few weeks, I've watched him and he's looked fantastic. And the, the fact that he's playing against the Bears this week, his former team, he's obviously got some feelings there. Him and John Fox don't get along. I don't buy into the whole revenge narrative things. But I and I, I will tell you this, that there's a, a narrative out there that the Bears shut down number one options. That's simply not true. Uh, Kyle Fuller has been awful covering number one receivers. The Bears have allowed six wide receivers to finish top 12 this year. Those receivers were Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams, Mike Michael Thomas, and then Marvin Jones last week. Those are all number one perimeter wide receivers. So don't buy the narrative. The Bears actually cover the slot extremely well. Um, so I don't think this is a Nelson Aguilar week. And if you're if you're buying Carson Wentz as a top two quarterback, like most people are, I mean, I don't think Wentz is actually a top two quarterback this week, but most people would say that. And if you're believing that, then Alshon Jeffrey is going to have a big game. I think that he is actually in the conversation for cash games this week at just 6,300 on DraftKings. It's a good price. You know, Carson Wentz is, is a weird... Weird quarterback too, because he doesn't necessarily need to get you a ton of yards to get to to put up fantasy points, and that's sort of where we are with Alshon Jeffrey as well. He he, it's not like this guy's going for a buck fifty every week. It's it's the fact that he's been such an effective red zone asset or end zone asset, however you'd like to state it, that makes him appealing in this matchup and you're spot on there. They've done a great job against the slot, uh, which, you know, a lot of folks looked to last week, a disappointment for golden Tate, but Marvin Jones got in the zone, right? Rebounded just like we thought he would. And you mentioned Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller. I mean, every, every quarterback is looking his way. They're attacking that matchup. So I do like Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, the thing about it though, from a volume standpoint, I mean, he maxed out at seven catches way back in week two, he had six catches in week nine, but otherwise that that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like two, three, four catches for him. So maybe a better play uh, on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. Because like I said earlier, I, I feel like I keep running into this where I choose the right guys in a standard lineup. <laughs> you know, if it was in PPR, yes. it's like, yeah. man, I'm I'm not even close to ca- you know to the cash line with some of these lineups that are like decent enough lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a difference, a difference maker there is the, you know, the volume he's, he's only had those two double digit target games. And I don't know if this week is going to be one because it feels like the game script, uh, with the bears on the road, with Trubisky under center with Fox basically saying, we're going to lean on the run, even when we're losing, doesn't feel like a game script that's really conducive to a lot of volume for, for Jeffrey. So definitely a GPP guy. I don't know about cash game for me. Yeah. A few other GPP plays I like. Kenny Stills. I mean, we saw him do it again. Mm-hmm. I don't like to chase points, but with Matt Moore under center, I'm a big believer in that connection. Uh, the historical rates with those two are just phenomenal. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Tags, you mentioned him yesterday. I think he's a solid play. And then Robbie Anderson. I know, I know Carolina, but um, Robbie Anderson has big plays in him. So I could see this scenario where he's one, 2% owned because it's a Carolina matchup and he just catches a ball for 60 yards and a touchdown and gets four other receptions and he's, he's money. Robbie Anderson, I'd avoid. Um, he's obviously the number one. I, do, I mean, Bradbury has, like I said, he's been playing a lot better. Uh, I, I think that Anderson's ownership will be higher than one or two percent as well. I, a lot of people are loving okay. Robbie Anderson. I, I believe that in the ECR this week, he's ranked as a wide receiver, too. Um, so people are high on Robbie Anderson. And like, so that's that's a real thing. I, I mean, I would rather take a shot in a tournament going down to like Dontrell Inman. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the Eagles secondary has looked better. Getting Darby back has been huge for them. But at the same time, Dontrell Inman has seen a a 20% target share and he's only playing Mitch Trubisky t- two times uh, like that's that's something real they don't have any talent on that team he's one of the only players who has any anticipation he's actually ready for the ball when he comes out of a route there's there, there's there's things with Dontrell Inman that I've seen that I like and I've obviously watched every snap that he's played with the Bears um, 
but Trubisky has thrown the ball at least 30 times in each of the last three games. So uh, against the Eagles, a team that they're not going to be able to run very well against because the Eagles are dominant. They have a dominant front seven. Uh, I just see that Inman could be an interesting tournament play where he's someone who could rack up more catches. Like I could see a six catch 70 yard touchdown performance out of somebody you're paying 3,500 for. I think that's a that's a possibility. Okay. Anyone else, Jeff, for GPP wide receiver? Or you want to move on a running back? Uh, I think those are some of the big ones for me, too. So okay. I'm ready for running back. Yep. Cool. Well, let's do it. Who's going to be that guy that gets two touchdowns randomly this week? <laughs> uh, Devontae Booker. No, I, I have no idea. I wish I could predict touchdowns much better. It's something I spent a ton of time in the offseason, and I've yet to, to crack that code of of really being able to dial it in. I mean, you can kind of read the tea leaves a little bit, but looking through some of these plays this week, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Ty Montgomery's status because uh, Jamal Williams, it's it's a weird play. It's a definitely a low ownership play, but if he gets uh, plenty of volume again, uh, you know, that that at least bodes positively to have a little tiny bit of exposure to. It's not a great play by any means. Uh, and looking down um, a little bit further through the list, I think Tevin Coleman could be pretty interesting as well against Tampa Bay. If Devontae Freeman doesn't play, you know, there's a lot of ifs when it comes to these tournament lineups. That's why I typically, and I do this to myself every week, I'll make my lineups on Saturday and I'll have like 40% exposure to Leonard Fournette and he gets suspended by the team. Or I'll have like 40% exposure to Sterling Shepard and he has a headache. And, you know, this happens every week. But um, I'll be keeping a close eye on those guys. I think that, you know, they stand out. And then a lot of the cash game plays. I'm not afraid to have a lot of chalk in my mm-hmm. lineups. And if you look back through the big winners of the big tournaments, like like the Drew Dinkmeyer won the the fan the big FanDuel tournament this past week. And it was like it was a very chalky lineup. I had basically exposure to a lot of exposure to everybody except the one guy, and he was probably one of the few people out there who was on Kenny Stills last week. Wow. Yeah. That was that was the differentiator for Dinkmeyer's lineup and obviously put him over the top. That's that's what you have to you have to find. So I I try to balance as much chalk with a few of those Mm -hmm. like not crazy plays, but really deeper plays. It's just uh, sometimes they don't emerge for me until we get to the weekend. <laughs> so those are a few guys, though, that I have my eye on. Yeah, no, I I think you're right, Jeff. I think a lot of times we overthink that and try and be so contrarian in the lineups that you could put three players in there that you're hoping to hit that are below 5%. You yeah. don't necessarily need to do that. I think one player, though, that I, I, you almost hit him on the head uh, is is opposite of Devontae Booker is CJ Anderson. I actually think that he's he could be one of those players that not a lot of people are on, a lot of people are down. CJ Anderson's run the ball well. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's been bad running back the Oakland Raiders so there's an interesting dynamic here we talked about on the show yesterday and the fact that the the Broncos have fired their offensive coordinator Mike McCoy and the Raiders have fired the defensive coordinator. So there's like a mixed worlds here. And it's it, we don't know how they're going to handle this backfield, but it's very possible that C.J. Anderson gets back this workhorse role. And then they say, you know what, Devontae Booker, you're going to go back to this third down, change of pace role. And that might be better suited for Devontae Booker. If that happens, he's going to go. C.J. Anderson would go against a Raiders defense that has allowed a league high eight RB1 performances on the season in PPR formats. So when you look at that, C.J. Anderson at 3,900 at less than 5% owned, I think that you should have exposure to both C.J. Anderson and Devontae Booker at the risk that that one of them actually you know gets that workhorse role because this matchup is just so so good and they're not going to want to throw the ball yeah. with Paxton Lynch a whole lot. We haven't really talked about Todd Gurley yet, and uh, these are the kind of guys that I like to target in GPP at the running back position are the stars that nobody's talking about for cash games because Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, they can go nuts against any defense. I know the Saints have been really good. But who would be surprised if Todd Gurley went for 120 yards and three touchdowns against the Saints? Yeah, no, yeah I, don't think he's, I, I don't think he's a bad play at all. I mean, I, Todd Gurley is definitely someone, but it's like, and I think you're right. I think he's a better tournament play because you look at the guys below him, Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, they're all going to be higher owned. So people are going to just save some money at the running back position and Gurley's going to be under owned because of that. So I dig, yeah. I dig the call. Uh, the Saints, if there's any weakness on their team, it's definitely against the run. And we could even make that same argument uh, slightly downgraded, but about Leonard Fournette. I mean, you know, he's he's expensive. Now he's he. I think the price point on Fanduel is fair. The price point on DraftKings is too high for me, uh, so I would have less exposure to him on DraftKings. But at eighty one hundred, dude touched the ball thirty one times last week or whatever it was twenty eight carries. You know, uh, he can go over a hundred yards. 
if they get out to a lead, if the defense dominates, you have the correlation play with the defense. As you said, tags, you're, you're going to use them in GPPs regardless. So there's a lot to like there with Fournette. The problem, the thing, the big thing to not like, obviously, is the, the ankle injury and how much is that going to impact him? And is it is it a scenario where he goes out, he looks good for three plays, and then boom, the ankle hurts again, and we get TJ freaking Yeldon? Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> scenario that could play right. out. But I, it's it's something that I'm willing to risk because I do think that his ownership percentage is going to be a little bit lower for sure. And there's there's only been uh, there's only been two running backs who have totaled 22 or, or tw- actually more than 16 carries against the Cardinals. And those two running backs were Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. Both of them finished with more than 18 PPR points. Uh, Gurley actually finished with 25.4. So the, the 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 Cardinals defense is not what it once was. I do I do wonder, Jeff, do you have any insight on to why Buda Baker hasn't played a whole lot of snaps? Well, he, I mean, last week he um, he was in there. Right. I mean, he obviously had the massive, uh, massive performance last week uh, with Buda Baker, though. It is kind of interesting. So they've historically they've used their um, their safeties as, uh, you know, sort of these chess pieces we see with Tyron Matthew. He isn't necessarily a free safety, isn't necessarily a slot corner. He's all of that, right? Uh, But with Buda Baker, he took over for Tyvon Branch. Mm -hmm. So Tyvon Branch out for the season. Buda Baker played all all 70 snaps last week and was fantastic. Like, utterly fantastic. So that may be a help for this defense. But when you look at the linebacker position, I mean, they're essentially using a safety at linebacker and down Buchanan. I think there are some weaknesses there. There are some weaknesses along the interior as well. Like you can get some damage done against them. It's, it's not like you said, it's not as frightening of a, a defense as they were a few years ago. So I'm not as concerned about it. And even if Buda Baker's tackling Leonard Fournette, he's tackling him seven, eight yards away from the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a that's a big gainer there for Fournette. Uh, so, you know, it's a good matchup. Quarterback position, I've got to mention Cam Newton. I do almost every single week. Uh, he's got that huge ceiling. And then Marcus Mariota against Indianapolis, too. Mm-hmm. I like him for GPP. Like both those calls, uh, the last person I would mention is Tom Brady. We haven't mentioned him. I don't know how you don't play any Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, I know I know you're paying up for him, obviously, and he's going to be highly owned. But I think a lot of people will go to Wilson. A lot of people are going to play Wentz just because it just seems like it's the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely dig those calls. And obviously, you want to have exposure to Tom Brady. Yeah, that's a pretty easy yeah. call. You know, don't overthink it there. And that's the <laughs> nice thing about uh, the quarterback position in GPPs is sometimes you you get a, a better deal by spending up in that you're gonna you're gonna get a guy who has a, a obviously a high ceiling and and relatively high floor, but you really care about the ceiling, of course, and typically at lower ownership because a lot of people are looking to you know find that uh, diamond in the rough, uh, uh, you know the C.J. Beathard yep. or something like that. Not that we're using C.J. Beathard <laughs> this week in, in GPPs or like Deshaun Kaiser or something like that. And typically th- those guys are priced there for a reason. And you look back at, at a lot of the lineups that are, are strong lineups. I mean, Brady was fantastic last week if you had him in GPPs. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that call. And, and I will pro- he's probably going to be one of my tops. And the Cam Newton one, though, uh, I mentioned this about Russell Wilson earlier. Same thing goes for Cam Newton. The fact that he's running now is so good. That is the difference maker there with Cam Newton. And he I don't even yeah. care if he throws the ball that much. If he adds, if he carries the ball seven, eight, nine, ten, ten times and goes for 60 yards and gets in the end zone, all of a sudden we're in business. He doesn't need to do a ton with his arm to put up really massive numbers for us. For sure. Yeah. Guys, let's talk Thanksgiving really quick here. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people playing on this slate, but it's just three games. So there's going to be a lot of the same ownership. I already mentioned uh, my affinity for Evan Ingram and Vernon Davis, both of them at tight end. The only other guy that I think you don't have to play, but I love Keenan Allen this week at Dallas. Mm, his matchup in the slot against Orlando Skandrick, he's been a little hit or miss. Um, you know, I think we know that talent's there at, at times. I, I think Keenan Allen, I think he had the week he was supposed to have last week and he's going to be highly owned because of it. And honestly, I don't, I'm not interested in Keenan Allen very much. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd take a, lo- a lower owned option. I would rather play Des Bryant, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm a little concerned about Des Bryant. I mean, you could see a shadow very likely from Casey right. Hayward. Casey Hayward right now at Pro Football Focus 
uh, which you should go to profootballfocus.com, <laughs> is the number one <laughs> cornerback right now. So that is that's a tough matchup. I don't mind going a little. I, I mean, I think you're going to have to go serious game stack. So what you know? What about going something like Kirk Cousins, Jameson Crowder, Vernon Davis, or uh-huh. Kirk Cousins, Josh Doxson, Vernon Davis? I mean, something along those lines. I think you're going to really have to load up on one game to actually really excel in a short slate like this. And and if any of them, I, I kind of like that one the most because of what opposing quarterbacks, other than last week in the wind, have been able to do against the Giants recently. Right. I don't think they all of a sudden became a good defense or anything like that. So yep. I, I'm with you. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is like, I, honestly, I don't know if he's my top quarterback. I haven't finished my rankings this week, uh, but he's definitely in the conversation for that. But I also think that Dak Prescott might be a little bit lower owned than he should be uh, coming off two bad performances. Tyron Smith has practiced the last few days, so he's going to play on Thursday. They're saying that's that's massive. Right. So, I mean, again, lower ownership. Uh, You have Matthew Stafford on the slate. He's 6,000. I mean, it's not a good matchup against Minnesota. That's a divisional game. These two teams know each other extremely well. Stafford hasn't really played that well against Minnesota the last couple of years. On the other side of that ball, Case Keenum. I mean, this slate, it's a weird one and it's hard to hit on an entire slate in, in such a quick time. But I'm with Jeff. I think that the Redskins stack is the one I would go towards. I really like stacking the entire game of Minnesota and Detroit. They both just play such a fast pace. There's going to be a ton of plays in this game. And I know Minnesota's a really tough defense to score against, but Stafford's been getting it done all year. I wouldn't play this in cash games, but for GPP, I could see that being a shootout. All right, guys. Well, that's all for today's show. I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. And Jeff, thank you for coming on the show. Always happy to do it. And for those of you listening at home, we've got three more shows coming up next week. And thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, Draft.com. For Mike Daglier, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.